Welcome back to the TNT BNB podcast. On these episodes, we'll be bringing in a guest host to discuss certain categories of movies. Categories such as movies around the world, franchisees, and genre. Certain directors, actors, actresses, and so much more. So sit back, mix a drink, and enjoy. Listener beware, we will be spoiling the shit out of this. Here we go again. We are back. We just finished up our first franchise that we went through, Star Wars, and we decided to start up a second one, that being the Alien franchise. And, of course, we're starting at the beginning with Alien, which came out in 1979. It's an IMDb of 8.4, a Metascore of 89, Rotten Tomatoes of 98% tomato meter, 94% audience. It had a budget of $11 million. Domestically, it made $81,900,459. Worldwide, $106,285,522. It was directed by Ridley Scott. Written by Dan O'Bannon and Ronald Shusset. All right. So we had a few options. We could have done our Costco rum tonight. We could have done our vodka, Costco vodka. Okay. But we went to the usual, the McMasters. Like, why not? Don't like to change things up, especially... The other two could get me a hangover in the morning. I work in the morning. So McMaster's one that, you know, is more of my regular. So I don't get too hungover on it. So we stuck with uh, McMaster's and Diet Pepsi. And what do you got going on? Well, you know, we have a pretty shitty week this week. So, you know, the (laughs) weather's pretty terrible so i'm gonna go with a good old bailey's and coffee you know what's funny uh i was thinking that earlier i was like man it'd be fun to do a you know kalua coffee bailey's coffee one but yeah continue yeah bailey's coffee i'm doing bailey's coffee that's for sure uh it's actually got the little whipped cream got it out we're doing a great job jim's having one too we're gonna enjoy it gotta make uh it worth the time since you know Wednesday was absolutely terrible. Thursday wasn't any better, really. But you know how that is. Oh, it's been the shitty ride to work the last few days. <laughs> yes, yes, it has. Trust me on that one. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we were so dead. I mean, so dead, and you know, people, you know, going out, you know, and that's the whole thing. I mean, yeah, they don't want to work. They want to work, you know, and then we're not busy because of snow. I think everyone forgets that there's snow involved. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's that's a perfect choice. And yeah, a perfect uh, choice. we forgot to mention earlier, but um, we were thinking about having Jim pick the title next week. Like what? Category. Oh, Go category. I think that's a good idea. I think Jim could pick a category for next week. Yeah, it'd be good for him. Yeah. So if you it want would to be yell him. at him and tell him that, but. Uh, yeah, well, you know, you know, well, he's having the Baileys and coffee, and I'm having it also, and he's having a little ticket scratchies off just to keep himself going. 
Gotta yep. have some ticky scratches off. Well, <laughs> Trav made it sound like he wasn't too thrilled that we were doing the Alien franchise, so we figured we'd throw well, him a Well, you know, the, the whole thing is, if it, the, the way he puts it, if Alien is on Yo. and I'm channel surfing, I'm just leaving it on. It, I might as well just watch it. Yeah. Whether it, it doesn't really, I mean, I'm saying that with like Alien, the original, Alien. Yeah. There's a little bit. Maybe Prometheus, Covenant, a couple of those. I'll leave it on too. I don't really want to say three, Alien three, four, starting to push it where I really don't leave it on. Right. You know, but. Alien, the classic that it is, gets left on. It does. Can't blame you for that. And is. I know. So, you know, you got to go first. What's going on? So, my question to you. Mm-hmm. Did you watch this when, in theaters when it came out? Absolutely. I also saw it at the drive-in. Okay. Um, so, back in 79. Uh, 79. When you... Saw the trailers. Were you, this was this like? Oh my god! I gotta go see this. Absolutely, because if you think about it, I don't know. I, did you guys watch any of the trailers on YouTube at all? Uh, the original, the original trailers. No, didn't watch I didn't the original, watch the original trailer, trailers. No. no. Okay, um, so this trailer was unique. Um, Superman also did it. Also, I can't think of. I mean, that's kind of one of the first times I've ever remembered it. Um, no, no voiceover in the trailer. It's just the image of it fading in, of the the egg. Okay. You know, I have seen that trailer before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and you get like just like it is kind of like you get that whole entire, you know, theme. You know, where that you don't have like any, you know, in the tagline no one can hear you scream in space you know that is probably one of the best taglines you've ever seen because you oh, know i'm coming sure. off i'm coming off of you know 1977 you know we're star wars you know i'm coming off of this you know and that was a space movie yeah. so of course i want to see this awesome space movie this is going to be an awesome space movie but i'm you know i'm i'm 10 10 at the time so i've already i'm, I'm getting a little bit older you know and in the 70s will always be different in everyone's minds mm. you know drive-in theaters it doesn't matter if r-rated and stuff like that it didn't matter back then right. i know it sounds absolutely terrible parents didn't seem to care you know you loaded up the car you went to it you watched the movies it was a double trailer a double whatever everyone watched it and there were so many different movies out there but that tagline intrigued me as you know a kid because even watching previous you know, movie previews when you're like sitting in the movie theater and you're walking and you can see all the, the, the billboards and the, like the posters and stuff. It made you just want to know because it was such a simplistic trailer and posters. You're like, what is it about? You know, and that's where, you know, I had also saw Star Trek, the motion picture this year too, that it came out. Okay. Yep. And so this was actually a very, very big year. If you think about it, got yeah. Norma Ray. Um, China Syndrome, Rocky 2, Rocky 2? No, Rocky. Yeah, Rocky. Yeah, I think the first one. Yeah, the first one. No, maybe it was the second one. I remember seeing that too. So, there was, I mean, not that I want to say anything, but if you think about it, um, 
Rocky II came out this year. Amityville Horror was this year. Apocalypse Now. The Muppet Movie. Jerk. I mean, think about all these that came out this year. That was a pretty loaded year. Black Stallion. Black Hole. I mean, you, you can't. The Deer Hunter. Yeah. I mean, 10 by boy. I mean, this is like a huge, Dude, huge year, she, you know? So She just did a year in review of 1979 <laughs> in two minutes. There we go. <laughs> I mean, you didn't know about it, you know? That's the whole point. You didn't know about it, but here you go. You know, and in all honesty, if you look at the numbers, I believe I, I did have it pulled up. I was wondering, this is number nine. This is number nine. Now, this came out Memorial Day weekend. Okay, guys? Yeah. Um. So that's, you know, that's fairly substantial um, for it to hold its own even because if you think about it, Sigourney Weaver at this point in time, really, is she, she's not even really a totally known actress yet, you know? She was a bombshell, like, hot back in the day. Like, she did Absolutely. Age pretty, she aged pretty well, too, but she yeah. has aged yeah. gracefully for sure. She has. I mean, she is definitely, you know, definitely aged very gracefully over the years. So you look at the, even the cast itself. So you go to their initial cast and you look at this. You got, you know, Tom Skerritt. Yeah. Up until now, he's got a few, few good movies underneath his, his belt. You know, he does. Mm -hmm. Um, And Henry Dean, you know, Harry Dean Stanton, you can't go beyond Harry Dean Stanton. I mean, he's one of the best character actors out there forever. Yeah. Um, Ian Holm, I mean, later on in life, he was the Hobbit, you know, Bilbo Baggins, you know. Yeah. But they basically banked on an unknown actress as a heroine, where heroines were just coming into fashion. The 70s allowed Bonnie and Clyde to come out with, you know, Faye Dunaway. It allowed the Norma Ray with Sally Field to come in. And this is the first time that I, like I said, I talked about this before. This is the first time I went to a movie. Other, I mean, you look at the Halloween. And she's, not, she's not really a heroine. She, that's a totally different genre. But this right. is where she's the badass. She wins. She survives by her smarts or whatever and she defeats where you know halloween when you have jamie lee curtis of course she never defeats him there's always the antagonist and the protagonist there and they're always going back and forth this this one is you know ripley i mean you could also argue that with the, the sequels going on yeah. but and this, you know this movie there was no sequel it was this is the movie this is it we're done yeah. she killed him and we're going that was it so, I mean, me watching it as a 10-year-old girl, I mean, yeah, there were, I don't really think, I mean, the effects, really, it was mostly scares. It wasn't gross and disgusting. It was, the R-rated really, can't really see an R-rated there, you know, if you look at it now to the now standards. I mean, outside of the chest-bursting scene, yeah. Yeah. There isn't really much. Yeah, it, to me, like how i was saying it's a slower paced horror movie like it's got that burn in you it got it has that burn into what's happening yeah it's taken a little bit for me to get into it because i'm like it's kind of feels like it's dragging for a minute 
And you only see like the alien like a few times. They definitely go the Jaws approach where, yeah, the alien is hardly ever on screen. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the whole point. You know, you see it and you, you th- you're thinking to yourself, I'm like, oh, my God, how did this thing get so big so fast? Yep. You know, and it's where the whole thought and the hypothesis of the fact that you have, I don't know, the gestation where we are just, I don't know, I don't I don't be able to put this correctly. We are nothing to this species other than a reproductive gestation. We are disposable. Yeah. Where that's how women were looked at up until the 70s. So that's to have a woman as the heroine where the reproductive cycle, it's, do you see when the correlation I'm trying to say here? Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. You know, where this, it's a reproductive, women were always viewed as disposable, um, making babies. Well, now babies can be made anywhere. And there's another species that evidently, is above us in the food chain where we are not valuable anymore. And where our value is put into question, but not just the women's value, but the men's value and then to have her triumph over the alien is kind of, it's kind of cool in my way. I mean, I know that's reading a lot into it, but you can see where that seventies era was coming out where everyone was, where as a young girl growing up in those, those years, that's where I learned to be empowered. Right. And that's to one of the things voice, I yeah. liked about it was they didn't, throughout the movie, beat you over the head that, okay, Sigourney Weaver's or Ripley's going to be the final character that survives it. You don't I mean, know. Going forward, it could have been Dallas or it could have been any one of them. But yeah. then, I mean, the way that they built on this and I mean, going, getting ahead of ourselves into aliens, I thought was really well done. Like that's where she becomes the, the like quintessential movie badass. Yeah. It's so, you know, and that's where it is because she, she is technically the perfect protagonist. She is everything that, you know, we aspire to be, you know, she thinks she follows the rules. She's smart decisive, cool, not really cool under pressure, but she knows where she wants to do, what she wants to do. And she has also at the same time, even in the, in the end of the movie where she's like, you know, in her space suit and she straps herself in and she's trying to calm herself down. Lucky, 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 yeah. lucky. You know what I'm saying? You know, we've all said it to ourselves. We've all done something to calm ourselves down, but she knows her, she commits to doing it does it goes forward and wins in the long run you know and you know that whole character development where you can argue the character development with her bond with the cat i don't know you know jonesy you know i just thought it was funny because in my head i was like who approved a cat to go to outer space is that a great idea well, at the same time, you know, you can think about maybe, you know, it's it's the same concept. You know, there was cats always on board ships during the 16, 17, 1800s. They always had cats because cats killed rats. 
Oh. And this is basically a this is basically a, a a ship. You know, it kills. You know, I can see where that is. You know, at the same time, you think about it. The cat was put to sleep too when they went down. You know, but that arguably she has that maternal mother instinct for the cat because she goes back for the cat. She's yeah. concerned about the cat. Where that's transferred in the next sequel that we'll talk about heavily, what, what, yeah. later well, heavily. Yeah. yeah. That is heavily. one thing I wanted to say too is where she, if like how she was like going with protocol, like we can't let him in. We got a quarantine, like blah, 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 blah. Like if they would have just listened to her, it would have been all safe. But then the one guy who was the robot, Ash, Ash. Yeah. He, um, basically overruled her and let her in and seeing that was pretty nuts like they find out that he's actually uh which i remember watching this for the first time i think i was like i don't know 10 12 14 maybe i don't really remember but when he gets his head blown off it's like holy shit yeah but it doesn't come off easily yeah watching it again like every yeah. little thing that he does, you could see. All right, he's kind of subverting everything that they're trying to do because he has his own mission, if you will. And you know, like, when you just yeah. pick up on shit like that on a second viewing. Yeah, we're not even talking about how many viewings I probably, and I'm not exaggerating when I say this. I mean, I've probably have easily watched this movie two hundred times. <laughs> it's not a question because, like I said, if it's on, it's on. Yeah. You know, I had it on again today, by the way, just so everyone knows it's streaming on Prime, including yeah. in for including in for UK, you know, UKD. Um, but one of the things that I picked up recently in the past, like, year after watching Prometheus. Okay, I'm just letting yeah. it go out there. Um, so the company implanted him you know and they knew about and this is where i got it and i finally got it in my head where they knew about this recording in the first place because they put him in there to be one of the crew members because remember they said dallas i've, I've shipped out with seven other sci- science over you know seven other yeah. times with the yeah okay but the reason why it clicked in my head with prometheus is because they actually made him look, make himself, they made him look like he was going to sleep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, he came out of the cryo chamber with them. Cryo tables. Too, yeah. And then I keep on, then I, of course, I analyzed it more in my head on this point. I was like, did he really put himself to sleep or was he a running around the spaceship the whole entire time? Why they were asleep? Because he's the one that intercepted the code from mother it almost had to have been, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But they had a feeling this was going on the time. This is where you can arguably, you know, say that they're intercepting, um, you know, Dr. What, Dr. Shaw's code because technically Prometheus is a prequel. Right. And they knew about it because, you know, Wayland Enterprises are the ones that were sent it out in the first place. So there's that whole thing going together. But the android... You know, we knew that androids don't have to sleep because, of course, you know, 
David never did it in Prometheus. So yeah. now, now here we go. We got Ash who's trying to maintain the illusion of being a human. And occasionally you see him do a few things that aren't human, like the whole little, you know, rubbing up his legs or something, you know, to get him, get himself going, you know, yeah. you know, that's where, you know, I've started to think to myself, okay, I didn't think, I thought the spaceship just, the spaceship just interpret, got it when he got it, you know, but seeing Prometheus saying, oh my God, they knew about it. Eventually they're like, well, we're going to be sending the Nostromo out there to do the mining of the ore. We might as well check it out. We know what's out there. You know, we, we know they found something, you know, whatever. So they knew about the organism in the first place because something must've got back to them with some message, whatever, because get organism, bring them back. They probably thought they could kill two birds with one stone, you know? So, and like I said, many viewings later, I'm starting to think, Hmm. It was even more of the company because they never really name the company in the next one, two, three movies. I think then they, we find they do in the second one, don't they? They said I think they just call it the company. Still, okay. we it's, it's it's insinuated that it's Wayland Enterprises because once again, Wayland is you know it's you know they try to tie everything together. So right, right, right. Yeah, but it just makes me think. You know how you got Tom Skerritt's character Dallas. You know he is, you know, you know, I, for lack of a better term or comparison, he is the cowboy. Um, I don't know how you want to call it, cowboy, flight guy, that kind of had a little bit of the Han Solo in him. Yeah, you know, for sure. Fly by your seat of your pants, knows the rules, bends the rules. Well, I love how he goes. He's like, I fly this ship, whatever the scientist, um, yeah, um, whatever they do, that what they do that. That's it's, not me. Like I'm yeah, doing sci- this. This is my job. This is what they pay me for. That's what I'm doing. And at the same time, you think about it. You think, did he know the real mission also? Do you know what I'm saying? Because he said what the science department is Ash's department. I have the, the company has control over that. I have no answer to that. So once again, you deal with that. So yeah. like I said, the more and more you view it, the sometimes you see some things you're like, oh my God, how much did they know and when did they know it? You know, because we'd find out when she goes and it finally logs into mother because she can, because she's now in charge. Right. She's the flight officer. You know, that's when she finds out. But when did Dallas find out? When did Ash really know? Or you know, if he did it all. It, or if he did it all. That's the whole question. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, and you think about it, you know, and the fact that when, if you look at the visuals of this space space station, you know, not space station, it's a spaceship mm-hmm. itself. But the fact that there, it's almost to me, it was like a tugboat. Because it had the whole entire refinery. Yeah. And they disconnected the flight deck area to go down, not the flight deck area, but like part of the ship to go down on the actual surface. Yeah. And then it got damaged. 
And, you know, the quarantine, they let him in. He could be dead in 24 hours unless we let him in. You know, it's that whole thing. But you think to yourself, this is where I always thought one of my realizations probably is, how much was Dallas kicking himself in the ass for making them take off and reconnect with the big part of the big, big ship up, up above before they found the thing, you know, because then, you know, or before they knew what had happened, because then they just gave them the whole entire big spaceship to run around. Because if it was a smaller ship, they might have been able to catch it yeah. and kill it. That's what I'm thinking. You know. Yeah, but I mean, at that point, Ash wasn't going to let him kill it to begin with, so. Yeah. Yeah, that's the whole point. You know, you had the, uh, what are they, okay, so we had the xenomorph. And what do we call the little, what What are we calling the little face potty thingies? I don't think, do they ever really got an actual name or no? I don't think, I think they did. just called face huggers. Face huggers, yeah. I don't think they actually gave them a whole, other than xenomorph. Uh, I think that's the only yeah. Like um, so let's, because we're talking about the actual alien itself, let's talk about um, the our directions. I don't know. Did you have you Googled? Have you looked at? I looked at a little bit of it, won the Oscar for uh, visual effects, I believe. It won. Yes. And. <laughs> The main art director was a guy named H.R. Geiger. Yep, he's a '70s um, cartoon person. Okay, I uh, don't. I know. I've well, graphic graphic cartoon. I don't mean this in cartoon. You know what I mean? He's a yeah, graphic yeah, yeah, novelist. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I yeah. watched some videos where they're really leaning into the phallic uh, design of all this shit. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that was something from his background or what he actually did, but yeah, I know there was big talk on that. But yeah, that's really as far as my research went into it. Well, I mean, you he, you had H.R. Geiger, who is basically he's the one that laid out the whole vision of the planet and the xenomorph. But he also worked with, the, with two other guys, Cobb and someone else. I want to say, I want to say Mobius. Um, okay. Ron Cobb and Chris Voss and they, well, not Mobius, but the funny thing is, is they had actually worked with, it's, um, a Polish director. Well, not really Polish. It was more like a Russian director that was trying to put Dune before Dune became in 1984. Oh, Joe, they had Joe, worked Joe, together. Joe yep. Whatever his name was. Yeah. Yeah. Dabrowski. Yeah. Joe Dabrowski. Yeah. So he actually, but to see those visual concepts and, and not, not that I'm going to like actually you know, once again, you know, we're talking, we're getting into it, but the fact that they took all those visuals and tied them in with Prometheus. Mm. You know, I, it was clear it was a derelict spaceship. It was, you know, we homed on, you know what I'm saying? So you see those, what? Sorry. So you see those visuals, they carry, they carry, you know the co- the the cockpit where the guys the, they can see the bursting of the chest out. You know yeah. we are starting to get the clues of things happening before they happen themselves. You know the eggs, 
You know, we have like the space jockey with the, the, it almost looks like the boomerang, but we see that all the visual and his visuals of that going over are just really kind of cool in itself. And it's interesting to see because if you look at 77 um, with the Star Wars, everything was trying to be a little more sleeker. Do you understand what I'm saying? You know, the Death Star or the, you know, the battle cruisers themselves were sleeker. This is, it's like watching this introductions to space balls. You know, it's huge. <laughs> it's cumbersome. There's nothing dainty about it. Once again, you're referencing the phallic symbols if you want to talk about it, because there's all that going on too, because remember, they were making the things back and forth. So there is that even the alien himself, you know, they said was definitely based on um, the the head, the reason why it was the head and the phallic symbol, but at the same time, they were also trying to hint at like the Egyptians with the elongated heads. And it's, yeah. if you read, if you read some of that into it, it's the visual art of everything, which is kind of cool. I, I think the fact that, you know, Ridley Scott chose a 70s graphic artist that had work, worked on many other art directed movies too, you know, I think it would have been kind of cool to see the Doom movie made before the Doom movie was made, you right. know? And yeah, this was kind of really Scott's like coming out party, wasn't it? Like, uh, yeah, I definitely want to say that. Let me pull up my uh, because this was definitely before Blade Runner and Prometheus was the one we did see in 4D, right? This is before Blade Runner, yeah. But yeah, Um, I knew it was before Blade Runner. I this might have been his first like big, he did the duelists. Um, in 77. Okay. And okay. So this is what he did at the duelist, uh, was, was his first time he did any, as a director, it was shot in Europe, um, nominated for main prize, the Cannes film festival, one best, uh, debut film. It's a limited commercial impact. Um, it was centering on the Napoleonic Wars. Keith Carradine was in it. Harvey Cartel was in it. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, it's like a feud between two guys in a war, war woven, you know, the, it's two guys that were friends that became not friends. You know what I'm saying? So, so that was his first one. That was his first debut. Okay. And the whole point, if you think about it, and then you give, then he does alien. I mean, literally he goes from to alien. I mean, in all honesty, yeah, he did win something, the best debut film in, you know, cotton film festival, but that's quite a bit of, that, you know, yeah, that's a jump for sure. You know, and then he went right to, you know, you know, he was trying to work on the adaptation of Dune. You know, he had also with Duandroid. Um, he worked on Duandroid's Dream. And then he did Blade Rider, which is the Android. So he actually, it's it's been kind of cool. And then he did, he actually is Thelma Louise. I mean, he has so many movies. You just don't even realize that he has so many movies. Oh, yeah. But, he's been very prolific. and Absolutely. But, no, um. So that was definitely his, I want to say that was definitely his uh, breakout movie. I think this was his breakout movie. I mean, other than his debut, of course. I mean, I I, I, I would argue that this is his best movie, even now. Uh, oh, oh, my God. Here we go. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, Gladiator in Gladiator's there. Gladiator's there. Blade Runner's there. But. Yeah. I mean, I don't I'm, know. I'm, 
I mean, like I said, you know, the fact that, okay, so in comparison, if you think about it, Ridley Scott, you did Gladiator. Okay, that was a great movie, great, whatever. But at the same time, this movie spawned a whole genre of alien movies. Oh, yeah. No one ever... the, the cultural impact that this movie has had is, I mean, that's it's not why... quite Star Wars, but it's it's up there with that. Yeah, because before this, you had the B-Monster movies. You had um, Monster Werewolves. You had whatever. You never had the concept. And we did have Alien. So is this like the first, like, best Alien movie to start off? I mean, I mean, is this where, was this the start of the time where um, the other life could be up there? Yeah, why, I would like, have. When was no? That, that's, I mean, that's, that's been happening since the thirties, I guess. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, for them to actually make a good movie about it, though, I mean, I just want to say where I want to say, not alien movie, not like because most up until you got Mars, Mars invades Earth, or Mars goes whatever, whatever. You know, you had that type of movie. This is where. I don't want to say alien bugs or whatever, but this was. And then you have H.G. Wells back in the day, though. Mm, that was, was that Martian. Alien? That was Martian. They invaded okay. us. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is. I definitely want to say. Uh, it's, it's up there, because you have the fact that. It's, it's a different idea where I never, you know. You had invasion of the body snatchers, okay, where they were taking over the earth, you know, with these pod people or whatever. Once again, this is an alien that's taking over, but they're just throwing us off to the curb. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) It has nothing to do with anything. It has to do with we are just seen as their, you know, you know breeding area and that's what i liked about uh when they reconnected ash yes and uh i can't remember lambert or whatever the other females character's name was she's like you admire it yes he's like i admire the purity of it yes like it is a perfect organism essentially like that that whole uh, discussion between them and him was, I thought, really fucking strong. And that's absolutely true. You know, you know, you yeah. had like, we got to see an alien, even though we viewed it as evil, because we just it killed us. It, it I don't want to say mummified. It cocooned us, and it showed it, um, and in our stomach, you know, laying, we became it's disposable because now in the extended version of the first one, you do see where this is, like I said, once in a while, I keep on, you got the regular, then you have the director's extended version for the regular initial one. We Um, just watched the director cut. Director cut. You do find, you do see where they, he, Dallas was cocooned. Yes. And I'm thinking to myself, now this one isn't a, and that's a funny thing though, because I'm thinking to myself, but, this one is clearly 
a male now because of alien. You know what I'm saying? You never know. You think of like, where are they going to get more eggs? You know what I'm saying? Does you know, think to myself, does, does this one lay eggs? Does this one not lay eggs? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's the whole point. Yeah. I don't know. If I would have walked into that cave or whatever the fuck he was in and I saw all those things, I probably would have just walked away. Yeah. I I probably would have said. Talk about Kane when he first got the face hugger on him. Yeah. Like when he walked in that room and that thing started like, I'm like, yeah, fuck that shit. (laughs) There's not enough money in this world that's going to let me figure that mess out. And I'd walk out, get back on the thing, and say, peace out, motherfuckers. There's nothing there. Have a great day. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, so we're going to talk about, uh, you know, that's another, you know, we're talking about the cultural influence here of this. You know, you know, it was the first thing. Um, Dan O'Bannon is the one that, that wrote it. Mm-hmm. Okay. He was actually sued. By who? Jack Hammer, who said he pla- plagiarized his script, Black Space. Um, and actually, O'Bannon won because he had written his great alien script, alien script, way before. Okay. So you know, know it, yeah. So there's like, you know, you have you know the contamination. And then there was another. There's been movies that try to like rip it off, like contam- contam- contamination. Alien Two on Earth was supposed to be the name of the first sequel, but they just let it go. You know, there's so many different ones that wanted to cash in on this but it did yeah yeah i mean this spawned i mean god knows how many fucking i don't know copycats yeah yeah b movies yeah even there's some good movies that kind of follow the same trope like i've always been a huge fan of event horizon yes absolutely it it has that very same feel to it a little bit just the isolation of space and once again you think about it like i said earlier the ships themselves are clunky yeah yes there's no soft edges it's clunky you know you know if you look at event horizon you know you have you know the the force the black hole area everything is like spiky clunky you know it nothing to me that's why there's you know this space is cold it's hard yeah you know, sure. people people that go out in it are cold and hard. So, um, I never looked at it like that. Mm-hmm. And like you know. the the whole where they talk to mother has a very two thousand one feel to it with all the lights yep. and shit. You know, mother controlled. Yeah, control yeah. control them. That woke them up. Put him to sleep. Told him where they were. I mean, you think about it. Here they are. They got woke up. They think they're almost home. Think about that. You know, you know. If you think about the back and forth banter on the the flight deck, if you want to call it, I know it's not our system. I'm, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, you know. It's obvious. And then they come back. You know, and then you know, got like the comic relief. You know, where you have you know Harry Dean Stanton's character and all them. You know, saying. They never come down here and talk to us. We're the grunts, you know. Why aren't they? Why aren't we getting the full shares? And then when they find out if yeah. they don't do what they're supposed to do, you know. And the funny thing, you know, where they kept on turning up the steam while she was talking to them. And I said once again, you know, Harry Dean Stanton is classic. It was, you know, he had what do you, he had been almost in the business for almost sixty years himself. Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying. Oh, yeah, my. Um, 
uh, Kaito, I can, um, Yasset Koto. Yeah, yeah. Yasset Koto. And, you know, she, you know, he's, you know, he was well known. He had just come off a, uh, a Bond film, you know, you know, Live and Let Die. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, John Hurt, well known. Oh, yeah. You know. Fucking John Hurt. We didn't even mention him yet. Yeah. Well, you know, he, excellent, you know, excellent. You know, he, you know, they couldn't, I don't, I think they did, you know, Kane, I think he actually, I think he, how do I say? He was, he's in, he technically is, you know, not on the screen that long, but his impact. No, if you're thinking about it, when he's walking into the ship, remember they're, 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 they land, they're like, well, we're here, we're going to go. We're going. We must go on. We must go on. They're this close. He's pushing. He's the one even pushing them forward. We're already this close. We might as well just go on. Yeah. We might as well walk. You know, not knowing what they're going to find, you know, just like Ash is saying, well, by, by the time we let them know, it's whatever, they'll be there and back. You know, everyone, there's all those little comments that make it the perfect storm for what happens. You know, and if you look, even if they're in, Inside the ship, it's almost its own contained, how do we say, atmosphere. Um, it's not like it is outside primordial, as they said. You know, using that word, you know, we're in a prime, it's primordial out there. Yeah. You know, why they're walking. You know, it's, it, you know, that word, they didn't say it was nasty. They didn't say it wasn't livable. It wasn't human. They, primordial, you know, it's the images that, you know, you don't really, it makes you think what is cooking out there? What is living out there? We don't know what's on all these planets. And that's the whole point. So this ship is just goes out to different planets and mines or and brings it back to earth. I mean, think about it. How many times have they been to other planets, mined or and went back and then never knew there was something on those planets either. So it's, do they deserve? Because they're just going to, if you think about it, there's another thought here. They're going to other planets and stealing the resources of other planets. Is this something that they deserved in the long run? Because they're just basically, lack of a better term, locusts and exploiting other planets for us where now this is almost this planet's defense mechanism. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean... Yeah, that, that's, that's. I guess I've watched my, this movie my, so many my, times. <laughs> my, my question is: Is that uh, ship that crash landed that they came across? Is that supposed to be the ship from Prometheus? That is, that is the. It's not. It's not Prometheus ship. Okay. It is the ship that they. Remember they, jut through. Remember how it. Remember how it's. Okay, so you're in Prometheus, and you go into the cave. Well, not, you go into like the dome, yeah, you know, and yeah, yeah. and and the little the pups are mapping the stuff out, and it's the actual map because, you know, those are the engineers that have built this facility for ma- weapons of mass destruction, and those ships are filled with those eggs and stuff to bring to other planets 
So okay. that's the yeah, ship. Okay. Yeah, uh, it, there you go. It's been a minute since I've seen Prometheus. So, so that is the ship that they initially, because remember it rolls, it rolls on top yeah, of Charlie's Thrones yeah, there. Right. Remember it kind of like stands up our rights. So like once again, they tie everything in. Like run in a serpentine pattern, you dumb bitch. <laughs> Don't run in and, a straight you line. Know, you know, that's the whole point. And they think, you know, if you look at the, if you look at the visuals, you know, also where you look at, uh, there we go. Uh, we got the cockpit where the guy's sitting in the, in the, the chair, the flight check chair. Which you can see he was an engineer, correct? He wasn't. Yep. He okay. was an engineer. Okay. Yeah. So, cause he has the face mask on. That's what so, made yeah. me think it was the Prometheus. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Yep, yep. So it's a whole thing. So they try to tie everything in and they did really good. I mean, I almost feel like they forgot a few of the ones in between. But when, you know, Ridley, you know, Ripley, Ridley, Ripley, kind of played in there, realizes that it's a warning. We homed in on its beacon. And, you know, that's the whole thing. She's saying, well, by the time we get notice out to them, they would already discovered if it was a warning or not. And she goes, it's a warning. She discovers it's a warning where Ash knew it was always a warning right. to not go there because evidently Elizabeth Shaw must have put a warning beacon to say stay away, but it actually drove, drove you know, drew people in, you know. Yeah. yeah. So I guess, I don't know, any other, I mean, I can talk about this forever. It's just one of my favorite movies ever. I mean, and the fact that they're going in, okay, let's think about, here they are. They're in this big, huge ship, and they're going into the tunnels. Not the tunnels, but the air vents to find this. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, and they really don't have weapons, but they're arming themselves with, like, blowtorch, a net to try to catch. <laughs> a cattle prod. A cattle prod, you know. And their point, you know, they don't know that it was this little thing that burst out of someone's chest in, like, less than, you know, in less than, I, to quote, uh, aliens to, I mean, aliens in less than 72 hours, one of those things destroyed my whole entire crew. <laughs> yeah. So it grew that big in 72 hours, you know, but they don't know that. I mean, the only time they have an inkling that it's getting that big is where it, um, they, you know, they found it, the shed skin. They one found the shed good. skin. Yeah. They found the shed skin. And when they were, when, um, Herodine Stanton's character, um, Oh my God! I have a moment here. Not Par uh, uh, not Parker. Brett, Brett, um, Brett was looking for Jonesy when they first were initially looking for the kitty cat, the little thing, and she's like, "Go get my cat!" And you can hear like the chains dangling. Yeah, you know, and that's when he's taken. That's when they realize it's that big. You know, that's <laughs> it. Just kept growing. It just kept on growing. Yeah. You know, and if you think about it, you got, you know, you know, we haven't really talked, you know, talked about Lambert, you know, Veronica Cartwright here. If you think about it, she is, let's be honest, she's coming from the birds. She was the little girl in the birds. Oh, my God. Was she really? Yes, she was. I did not realize that. Yep. And she was in Invasion of the Body Snatchers. So she also has great acting chops on this too you know she um won uh saturn award for best uh, supporting actress in this i did see she won something oh nice yeah so you know you think about all this stuff you know 
um, you know, there some most, but once again, Sigourney Weaver was who they hinged it on, where they had a decent, great ensemble cast. I honestly cannot think of any better casting. I don't know. No, I mean, are you guys? I agree with that. Like, that's another thing. Like, it's been a long time since I saw this movie. So when I Googled it, I saw who was in it. I was like, holy shit. I forgot, like, who. They did a great. They, they chose the best actors and actresses on these movies, for sure. I mean, this was, for all intents and purposes, I mean, Sigourney Weaver's, like, arrival to the party, too. I mean, she was in Annie Hall as Alvy's date outside of the theater. But everything else is like TV series bullshit. Yeah. And then so you... you hit this, and yeah, it's a career maker. Yeah. And okay, so let's talk about. I'm going to read this a little fast because I can't say his name. Okay. Yeah. Baldoji Badejo. He is he is the alien. He's Nigerian. He was the man in the suit. He was the man in the suit. Okay. He was twenty. He was he was discovered in a bar by a member of the casting team, and they chose him because he was six foot ten, seven feet inside the costume. So <laughs> that's a man inside that costume. And then think about it. That he's huge. I mean, how do you? You're discovered by the casting team, and you you got this vision of how you want an alien to look. I mean, not there wasn't CGI back then. No, it was all costume yeah. essentially. It Which was costume. It was wild. I mean, arguably, you could say with Predator too, but that's just yeah. it's wild. There's no CGI here. This is this they is made a costume. And that's what and that, that's what makes these movies back in the day. Like now it's all CGI and stuff like that where movies back then like are you can tell the difference. Like they actually put money and time into like I bet some of these costumes took like hours just to be done. Well, I I think that's the thing too is CGI is always going to just get better and better and better. Yeah. Where, like, you do makeup and costumes, those are just going to, those are going to hold up. Yeah. Like, this and The Thing, I think, are some of those older movies that just are timeless, just based on the practical effects that they do. Yeah. I mean, it is, I mean, you know, you got to, you know, got to think about this. Also, this is one of the few films that they've actually, on the air, in the, it's in the National Film Registry to be, to be preserved. Yeah. So, I mean, that's an honor. I mean, there's so many other movies out there, you know. You know, you can't say that all this ha happens, you know. But it, I don't know, it just, the way you look at that costume and you don't realize it's really a man. It's not a puppet. It's not 
Ray Harryhausen's claymation stopmation, like it used yeah, to be back right. in the day, you know, where, you know, the robot was, you know, a box and they painted it, you know, or, or, you know, it was, um, lost world with the dinosaurs was a big old huge iguana that they put a fin on. <laughs> it's yeah, not, sure. This visual is, I mean, I almost want to say this visual was better than Star Wars, the original Star Wars, you know, yeah, because I, I, I mean, mean it, yeah, it's, it's gotta be one of the, one of the most iconic I don't want to call it a character, but uh, movie monster. Oh yeah, that. But something else is it's more. It's more than just a movie monster. I know right. you're trying to find a word for it. I would. I'm. I mean. I don't, I don't know the I, best way to describe it, but it's an. It's an. You it's see, an icon. you see that xenomorph, and okay, I know exactly where this is from and what it is. There's not a question. You don't even have to have seen the movie. And do you have an idea of where it came from? I mean, think about how many times the chess parody scene has been done. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, right back to Spaceballs. It... And there's <laughs> been other ones, too. Movies. Oh, yeah. You know, everyone has chose where, you know, they've used some of that in their visual. Um, definitely. It's just. It's definitely, I would definitely say, I watched this as a child. Yes, it was scary because, you know, you know, you turn around and there he is reaching for the, you know, you know, Tom Scare's character, character Dallas. Yeah. And, you know, of course I jump. You know, you're, they're wa walking through and the, the chains are dangling. I mean, that was scary. I mean, I mean, you think about that, that sound, that, you know, that also they're going into a spaceship and they go in and they're climbing in they don't know what and there's a level mist you know and you can hear it go you know there's just so many different things like this the face hugger you know the acid for blood you know it's just i think so much thought was put into this compared to so many other b movies i had watched before that it really just stuck with me, especially having, like I said, the 70s were so influential, I think, for the women's movement, that this really stuck with me also. I mean, to see her. At not, the end. Yep. Yeah, and like I said, you never, to me, this this was a standalone movie. I, mean, I don't think Ridley Scott, yeah, I... you know, there didn't have to be a sequel. I mean, she won. We were good with it. Whatever. I mean, I'm always happy that they made all the other ones that they did. Prequels, sequels, tie-ins with Predator, all that stuff. But this showed me that, I mean, you're looking at Star Wars. Luke is the, Luke is the, the hero. Star Trek, once again, Superman. All the stuff that was coming out in the 70s, it was always male-orientated. And to have her be the one to survive, I mean... Not to survive, but to actually win, survive, and go forward. Yeah. You know, Halloween, for what it was, she still she, was. She survived. She didn't win. She she didn't win. She didn't win. Yeah. That was the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, any other? I mean, I'm, I, like, I feel like I'm definitely the one talking to you. No, I, <laughs> this is oh, terrible. Oh, no. Like, I'm just kind of taking it all in because – 
for a person that has seen it 200 times, like you're pointing out things that to a person that's only seen it maybe three. Yeah. And so I'm excited to watch the whole thing and put it all to pieces like I did with Star Wars. I mean, it's just going to be another fun little thing. So that's where it's going to be hard to rate it for me the first time because... I mean, this this movie has one of my favorite, like, behind-the-scenes, like, trivia yeah. bits where the chest burster, like, nobody in the crew knew that was happening, so... Yeah. The re- their reactions were, like, legitimate. Yeah. I don't know if you could do that anymore. Like, just no, scare so. the shit out of an actor or actress like that. No, I don't think they, you could. I think it has to be disclosed ahead of time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. somebody Every, gets sued. Yeah, people. You know, in did we talked about the music or the sound? We haven't. You know, no, but yeah, that that was really that was on there too. Strong too. Yeah. Because you know, you know, you think about you know, you have Halloween, you have Star Wars, you have Superman, you know, you have Star Trek. We I'm just keep on saying the '70s ones are happening right this time. Even this, um, we're looking at it was Jerry Goldsmith, uh, Lionel. It was the National Philharmonic Orchestra. We're up until, you know, they were using the London Philharmonic. So this, even the even the music or what I want to say, sound effects, were perfect for how eerie it was because most of the time if you think about it it was quiet but when they had any music or they had like stuff it punctuated the scene where the the scene was the one time you know the voice of mother you know the music of them you know even when the credit were coming up and how if you see remember how star wars had the rolling credit up well this one the alien was you know, fade, the word was actually coming in, you know, Yeah. for us to see even that I, you, that music or that sound effect, however you want to call it, is tied in almost with all the alien movies because I can recognize it. You know, I hear it and I hear it, you know? Yeah. And I, I like the fact that they don't, I mean, I guess it probably started in like the late eighties, early nineties where, Music was used as a almost punch up for a jump scare. Yeah. And it wasn't used at all that way in this movie. And not really in any of the early 80s movies, but this one in particular. It it was as background as it should be. It's not. That's. I was trying to figure out the word in my head, and you just said it background like. Yeah, I mean that's the way music should be used in a film like this. I think. Yeah, it's not like the Halloween where you know something crazy is gonna happen. Like. Yep, I'm gonna I'm just gonna read a quote here for you. This is just to help you out a little bit. Okay, so this is basically said. Uh, the alien has been referred to as one of the most iconic movie monsters in film history, and it's biomechanical because it's like almost biomechanical. That's why I was trying to get to it. Appearance and sexual overtones have been frequently noted. Roger Ebert, this is by Roger Ebert. That's why I thought I'd say it. Okay. Remark that Alien uses a tricky device to keep the alien fresh throughout the movie. 
It involves the nature and appearance of the creature, so we never quite know what it looks like or what it can do. The first time we get a good look at the alien as it bursts from the chest of poor Cain, it is unmistakably phallic. We're talking about the phallic subs and its critic, Tim Dirks, mentions its open, dripping vagina, vaginal mouth. Remember how they were doing the sexual references? Yeah. There's... Whatever. So we're... Part of what Ridley Scott did here, and we were talking about, we never really see it to see it until it's too late. And we it just keeps us on our edge of our seats, wanting to know what it is or what it can really do. We never know what it really, what it's capable of. I mean, we see the facehugger for all it's worth. We see every part of it, you know, but we never actually see the alien until we until it's too late. Yeah. I... Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, Roger, yeah. Roger, for Roger Ebert to like an alien movie, let's be honest here. <laughs> that, that's true. <laughs> but, I mean, I mean, granted, I saw this at, like I said, 10, 12, 14, I don't really remember, but I wasn't reading into the sexual undertones of this movie. Yeah, and like I said... I, I, I don't know. Even watching it now, I don't really see it. Yeah. But see, like I, I said, I see it because of the women... Yeah, and growing up in that era, era and stuff that like that probably that changes it for you a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I grew up with it, so seeing it where, you know, coming out of the 50s, 60s was a sexual revolution, in the 70s where women were becoming to be empowered finally, that's where you, that's where you became, you know. To see this is where we wanted to become. You know, we wanted to become... A person in charge we wanted to be the one that made the calls that actually won yeah, yeah. we weren't uh okay we need to talk, and is there any other thing we need to talk about we've talked about the music, director costumes music, sets imagery hmm kind of think i think you know, we don't want to get too much more into because we, we, I think if we start going into the next one, yeah, good, that will kill us with the aliens, <laughs> you know, because we got to go, you know, that's going to be that's a whole other thing. That's another one, believe me. I, I don't, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna ruin this one for everyone, okay? Um, so when aliens came out on video, you know, VHS, what, you know, back was, in the day, when aliens was 86 and it came out in 86. Okay. And then I think it was released on VHS in 87, 88. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I actually never returned my VHS could except to one place, <laughs> so I could, ne I could never rent there again. Just want to say. <laughs> Jeez. Because <laughs> they cost so much money. I was just banned from running there again. I just never went back to rent that place again. <laughs> sorry, I'm, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, speaking of aliens, there's a Netflix like series I think it's called the movies that made us. Have yeah, you, they did a. There's an episode on aliens, uh huh, which is pretty interesting actually. I'm gonna yeah. have to watch it. I'm watch, gonna have to watch it then. You should watch it with when we do the podcast. We should, yeah. Movie, movies oh, that made us. Oh, movie, oh yeah, I was sleeping. You, when, was, I yeah. heard it while I was sleeping, but I didn't get the full run on it. But yeah, yeah, I definitely watch that. That's right. on my list of. Yeah, we don't. Okay, so Jim did come up with something for us to do. 
All right, well, we got to rate this one first. Oh, okay. that's right. Oh, God, we got to rate this. I completely forgot. Oh, God, here we go. God, you start. Uh, I'm going to give it a 7.8. A 7.8? You're a fucking asshole. <laughs> this is like a 9.4 for me. Oh, see, <laughs> for me to give it a 7.8 for it to be a sci-fi horror. I suppose. You I'm like not a shit. huge sci-fi horror, but I You're just still an I asshole. Still like this one. You know, that's the hardest thing is, you know, we already know what you said, 9.4. You know, there is, it's almost perfect. In all honesty, this is an almost perfect movie to me. Will always be an almost perfect movie. This is, I want to, I hate to, I'm going to say it, it's a 10. I I can't, I can't blame you for it. (laughs) Jim just walked by me. He goes, trust me, we watch it every single time. (laughs) Yep. Seven point oh, like, okay. fucking clown. I, well, he's just gonna have to watch it again, you know. And it, you know, it's just, we're, not, we're doing the whole. Like I said, that is probably will be my highest sci-fi horror rating ever. I'll give it any podcast because See, I I have a hard time with sci-fi. I know you do. I know. And I that know. is well, the biggest thing with me is I'm like, it's good. I'll watch it. And it's really good. But, me, but like I told you guys earlier, my ratings could change when I see these all in a row. So That's fair also. That's true. Let That's me true. just watch these through. Because I never see them as we're, as we're going. So, yeah. you know, Star Wars changed my views a little bit. So Which, as doing these podcasts... As I, mean, I watch that's, them all, that's half in a row. the idea of doing this. Yeah, so pretty... I mean, again, it's going to take a lot for me to be a sci-fi horror fan and move that up a little bit. But if if it gets me, it gets me, and I'll. Now, before we get into what we're doing next, are we including the Alien versus Predators in this series? I, 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 mm, mm, I mm, you know what I'm saying here. Yeah, I'm having I, a moment. I, I mean, it's it's it's. It could go either way. I don't. I don't care. I don't care either. Or I, my you vote could. is whatever. I mean, those money. movies were my, we something else. Unless I have to even out the vote, I don't care. To me, we could do them, but we could. I mean, what is there? There's there's two AVPs. AVP and then a Requiem for a Dream. Yeah. Right. Okay. Now we can't do. Okay, so the one that just came out, what was the Predator? The Shane Black one? No, it was um, yeah, the Shane, the one with the kid who's got the autism. Ago. Yeah, 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 a couple of years ago. Now, technically, they make reference they to do reference the, aliens in that one, yeah. But I don't think we should include that one if we do because it really there wasn't. Yeah, that that's inter- just. That was just like an Easter egg at that point. That was an Easter egg, yeah. So, I mean, if we want to do the alien versus the alien and predator combo, we don't have to do individual. We can put them together in one podcast. I I think that's fair, yeah. Because I think they both came out in between Resurrections and Prometheus. They did. They did. So, yeah, we could do both of those in one. Yeah. Yeah, we could do that. Yeah, we could do that. I can handle that. I can handle that. Okay, so here is Jim's thought, um, and it's kind of like it's might be different or not, but he said, uh, 
movies that started off as TV series. Ooh, that's that's like pretty that. interesting, actually. I like. Is that, that. good or is that good or bad? I, I liked that a lot. I liked that a lot. I've got okay. a few in my head already. So yeah. okay. movies that started off as TV series. Yep. I like oh, it. Oh yeah, I can. Yeah. I already know what you're gonna pick. May oh, Jim's like gonna make you guys think for a little bit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you know. Yeah. yeah. I like it. And I mean, if we choose something and it, we won't, we can do it again if we do it another time because, you know, some, and there might be something, you know, might include like, you know, a different thing or whatever, but, you know, we yeah, just won't call it out. Yeah, you gotta be a little yeah. careful, like, because there might be like a series or something you might yeah. want to jump in. But I, like I said, well, we could just go ahead and keep, it, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, mm -hmm. I think that'll work pretty well. Okay. I think this is a good one. I Me think it too. is. Oh yeah, this is gonna take some research and. Okay, well, I'm still loving it. You loving it? <laughs> awesome! I'm excited for this next one because it'll be an My mind is sure. rolling. I thought so too. I mean, I think Jim came up with a good one. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. I like that one a lot. Awesome! Okay. I'm glad you're still loving this shit. We'll uh, talk to you later. Talk to you later. All right. And have a good one. Bye. You too. Bye. Well, shit got a little loose. Hopefully you understood everything. Whether or not you agree or disagree with our take on the movies, hopefully you learned something or were at least entertained. So come back for more Booze, Booze and, and Bullshit. bullshit.